just want to like highlight, um, it's more like an info update, it's not necessarily an announcement. Uh, we'll talk more about this next week, but where is, where are Rob and Liz? There they are, there you go. Um, so Rob has come on for 10 to 15 hours a week on our staff and is going to be, yes. And Rob is going to be, Rob is going to be helping us out a lot with operations. So all the logistical things that we can improve at, you should send those emails to Rob, Rob at eastendfellowship.org. I'm joking, but not really. Uh, and we'll, and Liz is going to be helping us and stepping in with some of the finances as well. Let's give Liz a big hand. A couple of months ago, we talked about how we were going to really be moving some different things on our staff bus to figure out how we can best use the gifts that God has given us. And so in many ways, we'll talk more about this next week and in the weeks and months to come. Um, Rob and Liz are going to be able to share kind of like their story and their journey next week. Uh, so that isn't to say like that's it and we're done so much as to say this is, this is going on right now and we're going to press into that a little bit more next week. If you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of Titus. I'm going to read a short passage of scripture. A short passage of scripture. This is from Titus chapter 1. And we are going to start with verse 5. So Paul is writing, he says, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, the elder must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. They must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so they can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what eldership is, and specifically, we're going to introduce uh, an analogy around what spiritual leadership and authority looks like. Um, in, in the summer, we're actually going to do an entire series that's going to be on spiritual leadership and authority, and we're going to build on this analogy that I'm going to introduce tonight, this metaphor. The challenge for me is that I want to give it to you all tonight. And I'm not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to briefly introduce this thing, and then we're going to build on it as we, we have that, that series. We're going to introduce Ramesh, but we're going to do that in a unique way. And then we're going to commission him. Our elders are going to get around him, and we're going to anoint him and pray for him. And then we're going to get everyone out of their seats, and we're going to put Ramesh and his family right in the middle. And then we're all going to gather around, and we are all going to pray for them. Does that make sense? All right. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to talk very briefly about what, it, what eldership actually means. Um, we are, in the, in the coming months, we're going to give a lot more definition and like be much more specific about what it is to be an elder and, and when we finally hit that series in a couple of months uh, when we get to the summer. But I want to introduce this metaphor to us tonight. What is this? 
Thank you very much. It is an umbrella. Now, this is, this is what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that everywhere in the world, it is raining. Except it's not just any kind of rain. There is a, there's this thing called acid rain. Does anyone know what acid rain is? Acid rain is not pleasant. Um, it, it basically, you've got acid from the earth and chemicals that get sucked up. They evaporate into the clouds. And when they come back down in the form of rain, they can really, really damage and hurt your skin. So the, the first part of the metaphor is simply like all around the earth, there is rain that is falling, but it's acid rain that can hurt you. When you become a Christian, every single disciple who is raised from death to life in Jesus, is given a little umbrella. But the umbrella is not big enough. And so ultimately... Oh, it's not bad luck. Stop it, Beth. <laughs> ultimately, what, what, what the Lord gives us is a church, a, a local church. And the, one of the points, not the only point, but one of the points of the local church is that it actually gives us protection from that acid rain underneath this umbrella. Does that make sense? Out here, acid rain. Under here, more safety and protection. It doesn't mean perfect. Because things over here can splash up and hit you. Does that make sense what I'm talking about here? Okay. Let me, let me make one little caveat. Is this Easton, this is Easton Fellowship's umbrella. Is this the only umbrella in the city? No. There are lots of other amazing churches in the city. Our, our point isn't that this is the best umbrella. It's the only umbrella. It's the biggest umbrella. It's the best umbrella. I've said that twice now. This is, this is our thing. We want every Christian to find an umbrella. So whether you're here with Easton Fellowship, or you're over here with Fourth Baptist, or you're over here with Third Church, or you're over here with the Life Church, like, we are not, we, do we care? Yes, but in this, only in the sense of like, we want you to find an umbrella. Now here's the, here's the thing about the umbrella, you have to choose to be underneath it. You have to choose to be underneath it. No one is forced under an umbrella. So if you want to jump from umbrella to umbrella to umbrella to umbrella, you're, you're welcome to do that. But there's gonna be, there are going to be some consequences to that. You, as you go from umbrella to umbrella, you are going to get hit by some acid rain as you go. And the more that you jump from place to place to place to place the more, because you do not have what we call spiritual protection under spiritual authority and leadership, the more you're going to suffer the damage and the consequences of that. Does that make sense? I'm not going to fully unpack this metaphor tonight because that's what a whole sermon series is going to be on. But I want to identify a couple of things. Up here, do, do you see these spokes right here? Right here and right here and right here. In this metaphor, those spokes represent elders. All right? That's what elders do. What they do is they operate at a higher level and they provide protection and correction. Hold on, I've got a list of things that they do. Let me turn my page. They're going to provide spiritual covering and leadership. They're going to really look after the core DNA of the church. 
they're going to create they're going to both shepherd people and create a shepherding culture they're going to provide protection and correction because this is what i if, if i have chosen to be under this umbrella this is what i want someone to do if i'm standing halfway out what do i need someone to do tell me to get back underneath it not because they don't like me but because it's dangerous out here and under the umbrella there is not perfect safety but there's more safety make sense and then finally elders are going to overlook they're going to be really responsible for what's called organizational integrity basically do we know what we're doing in terms of financing is is everything okay with the IRS all that kind of stuff the the roar is raising so i'm going to i'm going to land the plane on this particular analogy this is this is the the big thing to see we have we have elders that are these spokes in the umbrella but who is the one who holds the handle jesus what the bible tells us is not that a pastor and elder is the head of the church but it is jesus christ himself and so without jesus when a wind or a storm blows it can go like that the whole thing can fall over ultimately what we need jesus to do is we need elders who are going to participate with what jesus is doing in holding the umbrella of his church And so what we are saying tonight about Ramesh is that we want him to be one of those spokes in the umbrella. We're saying we choose to be under an umbrella under which you are one of those spokes. We want that to happen. And so for people who are part of our covenant community, if you want to know what our covenant community is, simply put it's this. It's a group of people who are saying we want to be under the spiritual umbrella. that Easton Fellowship is creating. Now, in the summer we're going to talk a lot more about what that means and what that looks like and we're going to build on this little umbrella analogy, but that's where we're going to be starting tonight. Everyone good? All right. We're going to tell a couple we're going to have a couple of people share and tell some stories. So the first person, uh let's go ahead. Ramesh, will you stand up again one more time? Can we give Ramesh a big hand? Now come on up. Ramesh uh has has chosen a friend of his to introduce him tonight and this is what this is what's going to happen. Um what what we are looking for is an answer to a question that we have already answered which is like should Ramesh be an elder? We believe that he should be. Um but the question we're trying to ask is why should Ramesh be an elder? And so we've got a friend of his who is going to be sharing a little bit about Ramesh. Would you like to introduce your friend? Sure. Who can introduce you? Yes. Uh Matt, you want to come up here? Uh so this is Matt Elian. I think a number of you guys know him. I have no idea what Matt's going to say today. It's a little daunting. Uh I have known Matt for more than half of my life. Matt has known me for more than half of my life. Um so there are there's a lot of ammunition he has. Um and I think you know beyond family he is one of the few people who has known me like family so i'm interested to know what he has to say as to why he thinks i should perhaps be an elder well um one of the things that ramesh knows about me is um i'm i mean you know i'm not one to just state the obvious and there's a lot of obvious reasons we think ramesh should be up here as a servant leader 
um, of this uh, fellowship. And um, I thought I'd actually start by um, issuing what I would call a, um, a word of warning. It's a little different, it's a little unconventional, um, but I thought, why not? Just start with a warning to the other elders, to uh, Pastor Doug, and um, really everybody here since... Uh, so, uh, and, and really it goes back to our history of knowing each other for so long, which as long as I've known Ramesh, he has talked about and referenced stories of growing up in Malawi, Africa. And it's often to sort of like express some idea of like, you know, we could be thinking about life differently because the whole world isn't like this, you know, it's around us. And, I mean, it was sort of like every few months, it was like Malawi, Africa would come up. And, I mean, the thing that I think we just need to take into account is I actually believe that Ramesh thinks that Americans could learn something from other cultures. <laughs> I mean, I think he's genuine, like, genuinely believes this. And I think we just need to take this into account as he, uh, as he becomes an elder one, one example of, of this kind of perception that Ramesh brings, and I'm, I'm in sort of being very genuine and serious now, is that um, he is so deeply committed to relationships, and he's been this way since, like, college. And, I mean, he's kind of like, of all my friends come, that I came through college and beyond with, he was so clearly convinced that as we go forward in life, we should value relationships over and above, beyond our own personal liberties, our own um, opportunities, um, in so much as, you know, maybe we don't take the highest paying job because we have relationships we're committed to. Maybe we don't take the um, prestigious opportunity at a university or college because there's another opportunity that's also really good, but has all of these relationships that that I'm committed to, that we're committed to, that he he has been committed to, um, and so I've seen this for for such a long time, and I don't maybe for another illustration, uh, I I'll ask anyone in the congregation if you feel like you've been touched in some way by Ramesh's commitment to relationships, if you'd raise your hands in some way. Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is un-American, okay? Do you understand? This is... Um, I actually wore... I wore. I actually dressed uh, for this message. If you see, I'm wearing red, white, and blue just to visually um, drive this message home. I, um, but the last thing that I really admire about Ramesh and I think makes him the person he is and a servant leader is... Um, his commitment not just to external relationships, but his internal commitment to developing his relationship with the God he serves. Um, and I've seen this throughout his life as a commitment also to getting away on retreat is something that he's done all of his life and I think really shows to me and to us that he, he believes that we need to get away to hear and to kind of be recommitted to those first principles.
I notice the kids are, are, are uh, maybe I'm losing some of them, but I'm going to finish. Not, no, not some, maybe all of them. Not, not some of them, all of them. I'm going to finish with a quote from Henry Nouwen because I, I hope the kids will read Henry Nouwen one day. And I know Ramesh reads and loves Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen writes, The spiritual life is not a life before, after, or beyond our everyday experience. No, the spiritual life can only be real when it is lived in the midst of pains and joys of the here and now. And um, that really sums up, for me, what it's been like to be a a friend and um, why I'm so convinced that um, Ramesh is a servant leader that we um, can and, and do support. So... So I'm going to read a couple of things about what it is to be an elder, and then Ramesh is going to share a little bit about his story. Um, so in the, in the simplest terms, what the Bible says about elders is that they serve as overseers who care for the expression of the body of Christ. So this, this, sometimes we think about like leadership is about who gets to make the decisions, um, and that is not really what a, a function of it, I mean, Elders make decisions, but that is very little of what their job is ultimately about. It is tied up in the care of the local community of faith. So in the New Testament, we hear that apostles made, uh, made it a point to appoint elders in every single church that they were in, Acts 14. The office of the overseers is actually something that every single person should aspire to, um, according to 1 Timothy and it's along with the great honor of this role is the weight of leadership and the responsibility to, by God's grace, to live a life worth, worthy of the calling that we have been given in Christ Jesus. The term that is most used readily to describe this scripture is above reproach. So an elder is to be above reproach. That does not mean that they're perfect. It does not mean that they are without sin. I think Matt could probably tell you that, that Ramesh is probably not perfect. And Lawson, his wife, can tell you that he is definitely not without sin. However, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, what we are saying about Ramesh is that he seeks to live a life that reflects the ever-growing process of becoming like Jesus. The theological word is sanctification that comes from being with Jesus. So it's not about just the doing. It's the starting place is the being, being with Jesus. If you're interested in reading more on this, uh, we, you could read the passage that we started with in Titus 1 tonight. 1 Timothy 3 uh, would be another good one. So put another way, an elder is someone that God has set aside for a season of time. So we, we do not have elders that are here forever, but for a season of time to help lead Jesus' church and has been appointed to dispense Jesus' grace by being the most selfless person and the most servant-hearted person. That's the... At its core, that's what it is that we're trying to say, is that this person leads because they are defined by, their, their, they are the most selfless person in the room, not always, but oftentimes, and the most servant-hearted person in the room. So, Ramesh, if you want to come up here for a second. 
This, this is ultimately what we, we, we want to say, um, that Ramesh should be an elder because first and foremost, he has a life that is reflective of someone who has been with Jesus. So what we think about in the scriptures is they say, when they, when they, had, when they brought in Peter and John in Acts chapter 4, the thing that they had to note was that these were people who had been with Jesus. That's where their authority came from. And so ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we want to say about Ramesh, is that his authority comes from the fact that he is marked as someone who has been with Jesus. And so what we would love um, for Ramesh to do is just to take a few minutes and share a little bit about his story of being with Jesus. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, Matt, thank you. Um, I was going to start with the verse of Scripture. Elena, can you pull that up? So I kept, when Doug told me that I was going to share... Um, I kept coming back to this verse, and I want to run through it. Uh, I want to share two pieces of art up here that are very meaningful for me. I want to share a story, and I think through those things, I will illustrate the only thing that I think allows me to have any um, credentials to be in any level of authority eldership in this in this community. So this verse, 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 20, this is from the message. I am so grateful for Christ Jesus for making me adequate to do this work. He went out on a limb, you know, entrusting me with this ministry. The only credentials I brought was that I am violent, I persecute, I'm arrogant, but I was treated mercifully Because I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know who I was doing it against. Grace mixed with faith and love poured over me and into me, and all because of Jesus. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I am proof, public sinner number one, of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. I want to stop there. And can you go to the first picture? So, um, they're, they're t- I am not a great connoisseur of art. Just, I just want to start there. I don't. There are like a couple of pieces of art that are very touching to me, and it's like literally, I think three. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, this is the David by Michelangelo. Uh, and for those of you, if you ever get a chance to see this, see it. It is the most awe-inspiring piece of art that I have ever encountered live. Um, and it is it is literally larger than life, and it just brings you almost like it just sort of yeah you just sort of get overcome with awe when you see it. Most of my life, I've spent trying in my own power to be a statue like that, not for God's glory, but for my own. And often, still in my life, I want to be the statue. Can you go to the next picture? It doesn't show up really well, but this is another piece of art that actually uh, was made by the same people who Doug talked about a couple weeks ago. This is a pile of trash. Um, And I want to talk about, and this actually is what I am. 
I want to talk quickly before we go to this last slide. I can say that in like general terms and whatnot, but I want to share a story. There are lots of stories that will prove to you that I'm this, but I want to share one particular story that when I was praying and thinking about what I wanted to share, kept coming back. Um, and the story is not fun to share, but I think it is important because it illustrates how much this is me and how much I need God and hopefully, therefore, how much I can share God with, with the people I encounter. So I was, and I don't even know if my wife has heard the details of the story or my children, so, um, so that's, there's that. So when I was about 12 years old, 12 or 13, um, eighth grade, our school went on a field trip for a weekend. We, we went, it was like a weekend in the woods, right? And I was put with a group of kids who were considered sort of the, the good kids, but there was a kid in our class named Joey Hood. And Joey Hood was um, a really, really wonderful human being who had significant intellectual disabilities. And I think part of the reason that myself and a couple of the other guys that were had Joey in our class was because the teachers assumed that we would take good care of him. Um, so we go on this trip and we're in our rooms in our sort of cabin area and pretty soon, like early on in the trip, this group of guys that I was a part of, uh, we decided we were going to create a really, really, really horrendous situation to basically humiliate this kid who had no idea that he was being humiliated. We created, and I'm not going to go into the details, we created a club that was just a makeup club, and there was going to be initiation rights to this club, and Joey was going to be the only one not in the club, and Joey was going to have to be initiated into this club by doing certain humiliating, initiating things. Um, and so, and this was not just me participating or observing, this was me involved, actively leading. The age of 12 or 13, when you are involved with humiliating another human being for the pure sake of... Yeah, you, have, you look inside and you realize the brokenness of yourself, right? Um, and I remember after that, um, and there have been other things like that in my life where this is what I know I am. Um, if you can go to the next slide, Elena. Somehow, somehow, I've encountered over and over again in the midst of being that pile of trash that not because of me, but because of God's love and light, that something beautiful um, can be produced. I, yeah, so I just want to, like, what I want for you all to know is that there is nothing about me other than the fact that I am a slave to God's grace and mercy um, that allows me in any way, shape, or form 
to be a believer and in any way, shape, or form uh, to serve in some small capacity as someone who points towards God's love and grace. Uh, there's nothing about me. Uh, it is all, it is all, it is all about God's love. Uh, one of, I just want to close with this verse um, that sort of encapsulates that. For it is by grace that we, that I, have been saved, not by ourselves, um, not by our works. Uh, it is all him. So I'm going to ask uh, the rest of our elders if they would come up. So we've got Beth, Greg, David, Shekinah, Amy. And so what, what we're going to do is, if you kind of come, like, come behind Ramesh, that'd be great. So what we're going to be doing is kind of similar to what we did with, with Michael and Sarah earlier. We're going to be just be asking Ramesh some questions that are about an affirmation of his faith. And then our elders are standing behind him saying that they are standing with him. And in doing so, are, are making the same affirmations with him. Um, after this, we are going to uh, dedicate Ramesh uh, to this work uh, with, with uh, some anointing oil. And then we're going to have some questions that we ask you all as well. Um, that you will have a chance to participate in. And then we will declare him an elder, and then we're all going to come around him, and we're going we're to spend some time praying for him. So Ramesh, relying on the Holy Spirit, do you humbly submit to God's call in your life, committing yourself to God's mission, and fulfilling your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ, under the authority of Scripture, and guided by our confessions? If so, answer, I do. Will you be governed by Easton's fellowship, polity, and discipline? And will you be accountable to your fellow elders and pastors as you lead them as well? If so, answer, I will. Do you promise to be faithful in maintaining the truth of the gospel and the peace, unity, and purity of the church? If so, answer, I do so promise. Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, imagination, and love? If so, answer, I will. I will. Will you be a faithful elder, watching over the people as they pursue a life of being disciples of Jesus, on mission in this neighborhood, through the power of the Spirit, for the glory of God the Father? If so, answer, I will. And finally, will you be a faithful minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, by proclaiming the good news, teaching the faith, showing the people God's mission, and caring for his people? If so, answer, I will. And so I'm going to ask this to all of you out here. Um, to those of you who are part of the covenant community, I'd really encourage you to, uh, to own this with your voice. Uh, for those of you who would consider Easton Fellowship to be part of your church home, I would encourage you to respond as well. Do we, the covenant community, and the congregation of Easton Fellowship, accept Ramesh as an elder of this church, chosen by God through the voice of this congregation and this leadership to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ according to the word of God and to the polity of Easton Fellowship? If so, answer, we do. We do. do we agree to respect his leadership and to follow as he guides us, serving Jesus Christ, who alone is head of the church? 
If so, answer, we do. Do That's right. Do we agree when we have questions about his leadership or upon seeing sin in the life of this elder to bring our questions and concerns directly to this elder as instructed by Jesus Christ? If so, answer, we will. Will we listen to the words that he uses to instruct and to teach, to welcome his pastoral care and honor his servant leadership and authority as he seeks to honor Jesus Christ? If so, answer, we will. season of life and leadership at Easton Fellowship. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Ramesh, you are now an elder of the gospel of Jesus Christ and an elder of this expression of his body, the local church of Easton Fellowship. Whatever you do, in word and deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Uh, We have a Bible that we will be giving to you. We do not have it here today to give you, but there will be a Bible to commemorate this uh, that we'll be giving to you. Uh, I want to invite you guys, if you would go stand right there in the middle. Uh, I want to invite Ramesh's family now, if they would come stand around Ramesh. Can we give a big hand to the Weegisarias? It's important to remember that, that Lawson and the kids are part of what makes this possible as well. So we want to cont- ask that you would lift them up in prayer as well. All right, now I want everyone else to just... Stand up, stand up, and we are going to gather all around them. I want to encourage you to place a hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you. So I'm going to I'm just going to start us in a in a brief prayer and then I want to invite uh everyone to you you can pray at the same time. We can have another one person pray, but this is we're not going to have a mic that we're passing around. We're just going to be praying. So Lord, we thank you for Ramesh. We thank you for his life. We thank you for what the Holy Spirit has done in his life. We thank you for the gospel and how evident it is that it has taken root in his life. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you have set him apart for such a time as this.
I want to encourage people to pray out loud so everyone can hear if you feel so led. Thank you. 
one or two more people pray? You can make your way make your way back to your seat. We're gonna sing one more song together, and then Aaron is going to dismiss us. Aaron, take us away. As we're singing, you guys, um, just put your chairs up. It's gonna be like a farewell dismissal song.